Hi, I'm Mia Quinn, and you're listening to Sustainably Speaking. In this episode, we take a special trip to beautiful St. Croix. We'll talk to Dr. Renisha Wickham of Dow and Kyle Fleming of the Virgin Islands Energy Office. St. Croix is gorgeous and has the clearest water I've ever seen. But it's an island in the middle of the Caribbean Sea, and it has faced challenges with both telecommunication and energy efficiency. In this episode, we'll hear from Renisha and Kyle about how they each play a role in bringing greater connectivity to this beautiful island and how they're helping to reimagine St. Croix's future. Hi, Renisha. Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with me today and also for bringing me here. I'm so happy that you came, seriously. <laughs> okay, so let's just start with, <laughs> this is amazing, where we are. Like, tell me about where, where we are and how we got here and then we're gonna talk about how you got here. Yeah. So we're in the Virgin Islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands on St. Croix. We're in Christiansted Town. We came here to talk about sustainability and we came here to talk about how some of the products and solutions that I develop at Dow and help to build infrastructures, infrastructures that keep us running, keep this place beautiful and keep it a fun place to live, a place that I can live even though I work for a company that's in Houston. So you were born here in St. Croix. Yes. And then don't ask me what year. Okay, fair. So you grew up here, and then you left. You went to college outside of Saint yes. Croix. Yes. And then you got your PhD. Somewhere along the path. So I, I did my um, my elementary and my junior high and my high school here on Saint Croix. I went to the public schools here, um, and then I graduated actually as a valedictorian. Okay, Ooh. from um, Central High School, Go Caribs. And then I went to. Virginia State University for undergrad, and that's an HBCU in Petersburg, Virginia. Oh. I studied chemistry there, and then I was like, well, what am I gonna do with this chemistry degree, you know? And then I decided, ah, you gotta go to grad school. So I went to the University of Maryland College Park for grad school, and I studied chemistry there. And then I did some like catalyst synthesis, polymerizations, functional polymers, all the words that you string together and sound really fancy. Wow. And so then you're like, I love it so much, I'm gonna get my doctorate. Yeah. in chemistry, yeah, did that, and then what did you want to do, and then how did that lead you to your next step? Yeah, so I got my PhD in chemistry, and because I didn't know any doctors, like when I, like I knew like medical doctors, right. but not any PhDs when right. I grew up, so I was like, oh, this seems like it's gonna be cool. Let's do that and make sure that like nobody tells you you gotta go back to school, because when you're done with this school thing, it's a wrap, it's over. Yeah. Um, so, so I decided to get my PhD, and to that end, and because I wanted to do cool things in science and solve problems, because really, no matter what your PhD is in, what you're really certified in is solving problems. Solving problems. <laughs> right? I mean, at the end of the day. So that's really why I wanted to do that. And, um, you know, it's worked out for me. So it led you to Dow. Yes. Where you work now still. Yes. There's a building engineering science and talent program at Dow, and what, what it does is that it allows you to come into Dow, you kind of go to this conference where you learn more about what they do in science, what kind of technology, who you work with, what the culture is like, and it led me to Dow where I did like research my first like six years at the company. I was in R&D. To solve problems. Yes. Like all these products in the end exist to fulfill some sort of need. Everybody needs reliable internet. Everybody needs to communicate 
So how can we make sure that that gets deployed as quickly as possible? Well, you create really cool wire and cable products that you can pull through con conduit more easily so that you can install it more quickly. You use smaller cable sizes. So then that way you can kind of transport things and there's smaller things and lighter things. So again, we help with emissions there. So just trying to make sure that we have the utility that folks require from us, but trying to solve the problem in a smart way so we're not impacting our environment negatively like obviously this is like a beautiful environment we don't want to screw that up so here, here you come home it, you know it was at, right after covid mm -hmm. you're back in st croix and how is it different now like and and what you're doing and, and what sort of do you feel like you know what are you seeing yeah i really love where i'm from it was a little difficult to leave at high school to be honest like you want to experience other things but at the same time you're like look my beaches are really nice and I like to visit them and frequent them. I have not lived home since I graduated from high school. I've been around for a couple of weeks at a time on holiday, but I haven't really been able to be here. And my family is here and it matters to me. So now I'm like, can I make this work? Can I do this here? And I came back for a vacation and then I ended up working a bit longer here just because I didn't want to leave. The beaches were calling me. So I, I did that for a while and I realized like, okay, I can work from here, all I need is the internet. And I used to walk around with like this mobile Wi-Fi unit that I like bought from AT&T before I left. And I used to like go to the beach, sit on a picnic table, and then just work from there with my little notepad and my little computer. And I'm like, man, this is the life. But can this be my life? And now it is. So you've come back, you're bringing, you're, and, and in a way you're bringing connectivity back to the island, right? I mean, these I, products are what's updating things here in St. Croix. I think so. We really got a chance to see that during COVID. Four years ago, when Irma Maria hit and folks couldn't get into schools because they were, they were damaged and they weren't able to do online learning. Now they have digital teaching tools in the classrooms. Everybody has a laptop, everybody has internet. And while I didn't check a bunch of cable in my luggage and bring it with me and upgrade everyone, I'd like to think that the work that I'm doing is really helping to facilitate the connectivity there and giving them access to tools of learning, but also in some kind of disaster or pandemic, now they actually have solutions. Yeah. So I think that's part of the way, right? Then you just have to make sure that it's in the hands of the people that need it. And I, I think we heard that today when we were at school mm -hmm. and we heard about how they felt more prepared for COVID. Exactly, and they have solutions. So now there is, internet that's available for a lot of folks. I think you have to make sure that people in all the communities have access to Wi-Fi so that they can log on and do their do their work. But we didn't even have com kids with computers, right? And sometimes you have like one computer to the home. So I think that there were those types of challenges that were solved and step by step, we're making a lot of progress to make sure that, you know, Kids can get connected and they can learn. And not just school, it's about making sure that we can access the kind of care that, that we need, whether it be in the continental US or from other islands. Physical care and also mental care, because yeah. we saw a lot of our mental health um, solutions go virtual. All these things, I kind of feel like I, I kind of feel like I helped that to, to happen with plastics in wire and cable applications. Yeah. The work that Renisha does happens behind the scenes, but that work helps provide her community with improved access to education, physical and mental health resources, and greater professional opportunity. While improved connectivity has brought new opportunities for those that live in St. Croix, 
there are also challenges. Hurricanes and tropical storms are a reality there, and their impact can be devastating. But challenges can present opportunities. Storms have offered Kyle and his colleagues an opportunity to be creative in how they rebuild and create sustainability and prosperity for the islands. My name is Kyle Fleming and I'm the director of the Virgin Islands Energy Office. The Virgin Islands Energy Office oversees all programs, projects, and policies relative to uh, energy and to reducing the energy burden in the Virgin Islands. Being a small remote island, uh, we have a very high uh, cost of energy here in the territory. Uh, that puts a lot of pressure on the community, reducing the cost of energy both through efficiency measures and through diversifying our energy mix is one of the primary focuses of our agency. The, the storms actually presented a new opportunity because we created such a massive rebuilding effort which has allowed us to not just rebuild what was there before but improve upon the infrastructure that we've had across the territory. So on the energy side we're seeing new buildings with energy efficiency lightings, solar incorporated on a lot of the new building designs. So it's really opened up the door for us to rethink our energy future as opposed to just uh, working with our energy past. The connectivity has been critical. We've known to have a major disruption in, in terms of power before the storms. Uh, but because of the rebuilding efforts post-storm, we've been able to leverage, for example, our uh, fiber network, bringing us directly connected from a, a communication standpoint with the rest of the world. And that's all underwater, submersible cable. Uh, that in of itself is more resilient, uh, since it's not as exposed to the, the above-ground uh, natural disaster and elements that we've been exposed to in the past. One of the major undertakings we've had in the, in the community uh, post-storm has been our undergrounding work. Uh, so that's taking a lot of our above-ground electrical cables, uh, and undergrounding them. Similar to the submersible fiber wires, we're also undergrounding our electrical wires, trying to get them as far away from uh, what we are known risk and vulnerabilities, which certainly incorporates the plastic technology to enable that as well. As with Renisha, the opportunity to positively impact his community is something that drives and inspires Kyle. One of the beautiful parts about doing work where I grew up, especially in such a small place, is you can see the impact on the community. If we're able to to put in a system that reduces someone's cost, someone you know, uh, it, that effect I feel like runs a lot deeper, uh, which also drives more enthusiasm actually bringing those solutions to the table as well. Kyle is an awesome example of the ingenuity and resourcefulness that's on display every day in St. Croix. Incredible progress has been made in the last few years and the future is bright, but the islands are still facing challenges. When things have been in the ground as long as they've been in the ground and advancements in technology have evolved in the way that it has, like it's important that we change with those things and that we update all the infrastructure. That takes a lot of investment, that takes a lot of time, but I think that that's something that's absolutely necessary. And then maybe even beyond that are like renewables and other types of energies that make sense for this environment where we have an abundance of sunshine, an abundance of water, trying to utilize different types of renewable energies to drive our need for electrification in general, right? I think that's gonna be the future. And wire and cable is so important for that because you can't just use any old cable to do that. If you're gonna have some wind energy, then you probably need subsea cables, right? Because you need to be able to connect that back from in the water to onshore and to be able to distribute that. So subsea cables means under the sea? Under the water. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, and so is. you need to keep that those cables protected from moisture. Exactly. Okay. And so there is the need for our jacketing material, right? For more wire and cable solutions. So that's unique. In, in the case of solar energy, you know, there's, I, I would say 
for solar, wind, or any other type of renewable energy, it has to be tied back to the grid. We hear the grid all the oh, time. Right. The grid. Right? But you, you basically have energy generation, and then it goes somewhere where it needs to be distributed to my house and your house and everybody else's, right? So at the end, And the hospitals and the schools. Exactly. So we'll have to do a lot of improvements with new wire and cable designs to bring in all the energy that we will create from these renewable forms of energy, like solar, like wind, like these things, and bring them into different distribution centers and build that out. So we have to really take a strategic look at that and figure out you know, what types of cables we need, how we want to set this up. Because at the end of the day, power isn't as valuable if it's not reliable, right? We right. need it all the time. We don't need it sometimes. And that's why we need to do some improvements in wire and cable to be able to facilitate that. We've done so much, but we still have a lot to do. So yeah. talk to me about innovation. Innovation is key. I think we have a lot of smart people that are gonna solve the problems that we're understanding day by day through talking to customers, through listening, listening yeah. to customers, listening to people in our communities and our environment. When you're not innovating with the right people at the table, don't give you the right solutions. Being in the Virgin Islands, we have unique needs here. The same thing that works for us may not work for others, right? So it's important to have people at the table that represent the people in my community. So while people might not think about like having inclusive and diverse cultures, like, oh, it's like, what does that have to do with sustainability? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think it's critical to sustainability because at the end of the day, we have to be developing the right solutions for people. And we got to know something about these people, their cultures, who they are, what the gaps are, what their needs are in order to innovate. So I think that one thing that I'm super passionate about, and I always, I kind of think about it under the sustainability umbrella, is inclusion and diversity, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's important that my voice be heard, my community's voice be heard, and other people in their community's voice be heard. Because we enable connectivity mm -hmm. with our wire and cable solutions. Try to understand the problems that we need to solve. Right. Listen, so that we can innovate. I think that's a big piece of it. And how, and do you see it happening? Is it, is it speeding up now? Like, what, what do we need to do and what can we do, average listener, yeah. to help? There. I like that. Thank you so much. So I think that there is more that we can do there. I think we're getting better. A lot has happened in this country over the last couple of years that have really put a laser focus on the importance of diversity, the importance of um, engaging with each other, the importance of allyship. Mm -hmm. I think it's important. So I think yourself and all of the listeners can certainly try to be great allies. And what does that mean? It means that you listen to people. It means that you reach out to people who may look different than you, who may speak different than you, who may maybe look the same as you, but just have a totally different perspective. Like really challenge your understanding of people and challenge sometimes your mindset around who people are and what they believe in. Because if you do that, most of the times you're surprised. You're like, that. I did not expect that. They did not expect me to say that I'm Dr. Wickham, the, the chemist with solutions and wire and cable, but that's who I am, right? right? And I've had a lot of people that were allies to me, that were mentors to me, 
that allowed me to grow so that I could sit at the table and I could solve difficult problems and I could innovate. So be an ally, you know, and do the best that you can to listen to other people, learn more about them. If you think like, ugh, I think that person might suck a little, go talk to them because I'm sure you're wrong and you'll find something that's awesome about them. I think that's something that's very personal to each one of us. So no matter where you are, how old you are, what you're doing, what your background is, you can be an ally, you can listen to somebody, and that matters so much. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for joining me. I, for I have had an amazing few days. I'm so happy to hear it. Thank you for coming. Please come back, hang okay. out with me. <laughs> I'd love to. If we have to do another podcast, that's okay. <laughs> we'll find a way. Yes. But thanks again. No, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sustainably Speaking. And of course, thank you, our listeners, for sustainably speaking with us today. If you like what you're hearing, share this episode and stay tuned for more. We'll be back in your podcast feeds with a new episode next month.